0: more than a feeling to be powered by love don't take money don't take fame don't take no credit card to ride this train it's strong and sudden it's cruel sometimes but it might just save your life to be powered by love well that's a long weird story huh surprise ending that you didn't see coming Uh, We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but first I want to think about these little rocks. Did everyone get a rock when you came in? Uh, These little stones, we're on a journey of stones. This is our our theme for the season of Lent. Is journey of stones, and so we invite you to take these stones, and we're talking about stones and rock because the Bible talks about stone and rock a lot. These biblical storytellers, including Jesus, talk about stone and rock as an image in so many of their stories, and uh, it shows up in this story here tonight that we're talking about. So we're going to reflect on how these stories from the Bible what they might have to say to our stories and the message for our lives and so tonight we hear the story of moses and the people of israel and have the theme written in stone so that's what we're going to be talking about written in stone but i want to start with a story from when i was a pastor in minot north dakota and uh, one time I was out doing a burial or something. Something had me out in the cemetery by myself, and I had some time to kill. So I ended up just wandering around the cemetery for a while. If you've ever done that, you know what's kind of interesting, looking at the different headstones. And I came across one that was very interesting. Uh, I noticed right away it had a woman's name, and it had her birth date but didn't have a death date. And uh, that's not that uncommon. You know, a lot of times people will pre-plan funerals and even set the stones in place. But what was odd was the little epitaph that was already carved in there as well. Right below her name were the words, she tried to raise two honest children and failed. I know, right? Right? How, what's the right reaction? Do you, do you kind of awkward laugh or like, whew, that's a tough one, right? I don't know the story, but there's a story behind those words, right? She tried to raise two honest children and failed. Right there, written in stone, carved in granite for all to see And uh, it's going to last quite some time. Like I said, I don't know the story, but I can only imagine at some point down the road. This was quite a few years ago, so this day has maybe already come, where her children were sitting down with the funeral director after her death and having an interesting conversation about that headstone. I think it's kind of a big takeaway that we probably shouldn't try to write our grievances in stone, right? If we ever want to reconcile with people, we shouldn't write those grievances and have them carved into granite to last for centuries. We should learn to kind of let them go a little easier than that. The good news for us as people of faith and what I want to really celebrate here tonight uh, is this idea. That our sins and shortcomings are not written in stone, but God's love and forgiveness is. That's the good news of all the Gospels, and the good news that we celebrate here tonight is that God's love and forgiveness is written in stone, but our shortcomings and all the ways that we, you know, fail, they're not written in stone but they are real, right? Uh, We do all sin. We all fall short. We can't just ignore those things. That's a part of our reality, but it's not all of our reality. And so on Ash Wednesday here tonight, one of the things that we're doing is taking these stones, and we're going to have this confession and forgiveness a little later in the service before the imposition of ashes. we invite you to hold on to those little stones during that. And then as you come forward for the ashes... We invite you to drop these kind of jagged, sharp, hard little stones uh, in a little pile here on this burlap at the front of the church, kind of dropping them down at the foot of the cross and, and symbolically letting go of the sins and all of these things, these burdens that we carry with us, being set free to be God's chosen people. Uh, That phrase, chosen people, actually comes from the stories that we are reading here today from the book of Exodus, the story of Moses leading the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. And we read this kind of interesting part of that story where, after all, he has led the people of Israel out of slavery. They're out in the wilderness. They've already crossed the Red Sea. If you remember that part of the story where the sea splits and they walk across dry land. And so they get out there and Moses goes up onto the mountain, the Mount Sinai, to talk to God. But he takes too long. It takes 40 days he's been gone. And so pretty soon the Israelites are getting a little ornery and fussy, thinking, I don't know, I don't think Moses is coming back. We better find a new God after God has just led them out of slavery in Egypt, leading them to this promised land. So they form a golden calf, and they start worshiping it and having a big party. And so we cut in the story to Moses and God up on the mountaintop talking And God says this to Moses. He says, Go down at once. Your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have acted perversely. They've been quick to turn aside from the way that I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf. I have seen this people, how stiff-necked they are. Now let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them and you... And and of you, I will make a great nation. And Moses replies, yikes, God, <laughs> are you hungry or uh, maybe need a little nap? Like, what's going on? This has been quite a turn. Moses says, come on, God, you remember your people, right? You remember me, them, you remember us. Like, that is actually almost exactly what he says. He reminds God of who these people are. says, But Moses implored the Lord, his God, and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt, with great power and with a mighty hand? Remember Abraham and Isaac and Israel, your servants, how you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of heaven and all this land i have promised i will give to your descendants and they shall inherit it forever and then something really interesting happens and the lord changed his mind about the disaster that he had planned to bring on his people did you catch how uh, it says his people and so kind of masculine gender for god aside If you remember, when it starts out, the first thing God says to Moses is, your people, who you brought out of Israel, have done me wrong. And Moses replies, but God, your people, who you brought out of Israel. And by the end of the story, God's mind has changed and God realizes, oh yeah, (laughs) these are God's people. These are my people. And so then it's a reminder that our sins and shortcomings are not written in stone, but God's love and forgiveness is. That's what will remain always. So the story continues, as you heard. Moses proceeds to go down the mountain uh, and There, he's carrying the Ten Commandments, freshly handwritten by God, and he finds the people worshiping the golden calf. And if you remember Charlton Heston or some movie version, (laughs) chucking those Ten Commandments down, blowing up. And so the golden calf is destroyed. The tablets are destroyed. And they're in trouble. Uh, They are scolded uh, quite harshly. And then, interesting kind of detail the story gives us is Moses tells them to pick up all the pieces. So you can imagine the people of Israel, uh, they've really screwed up. Uh, They know this, and now it's their job to pick up the mess, and they pick up all these little jagged pieces of rock and statue. Some of the rock, they see the freshly inscribed writing of God on. You can imagine they feel a little shame and regret and embarrassment. And then Moses makes them grind it up, sprinkle it on the water, and drink it down. Weird. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Weird, but for sure one part of that, the takeaway is all evidence of that sin is gone, right? Uh, Not only are the sins forgiven, but all that hard evidence of the gold statue and the tablets that were broken, that is all gone, and they're starting afresh with God in this covenant to be God's people. And it's all because our sins and shortcomings are not written in stone, But God's love and forgiveness are. Tonight we gather on Ash Wednesday. It begins the season of Lent, but it's a day where we come forward and are reminded that we are all mortal. Remember, you are from dust, and to dust you shall return. We acknowledge our sins and our shortcomings, but then that shape of the cross is what's made in those ashes and we're reminded of God's love and forgiveness and the deeper reality that we are blessed and loved children of God, a reality that is written in stone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Don't take pain, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.